Hello and welcome to the Childhood Understood podcast for parents. This is the podcast for parents all about big feelings, well-being and behaviour with me, Sarah Emerson. I'm an early childhood specialist and parent and I am here to get the word out about how we can help children with their emotions, well-being and resilience. This podcast is not about trying to change you or your child. Instead, my aim is to help make childhood understood so the way we respond to children and the relationships we build with them develop naturally as we come to understand them and ourselves better. So, welcome to today's episode. Please note this podcast is for the purposes of education only and is not a replacement for personalised professional advice. I started thinking last week about the idea of how we self-regulate as parents and I've been thinking over the last week about this in more detail, particularly with World Mental Health Day yesterday, and I guess I've been thinking about self-care and about self-compassion as part of our kind of ways of coping. And I don't know if it's helpful, I hope it is. I'm going to encourage both you and me to start reflecting on why we might struggle with both self-regulation and the idea of self-care or self-compassion. And these are the kind of thoughts that I've come up with so far, but it's possible that for some of us, we've just never been very skilled at it because nobody encouraged us to develop those skills. So we didn't learn them. And then when we became parents, it became even harder to prioritize ourselves. Another thought I had was that when we become parents, we want to do everything we can to support our children. And that very quickly becomes an all-consuming role. It becomes a role in which we take a back seat, in which we prioritise everyone else's needs but ours. And there can be various reasons for that. It can be purely out of love for our child. It can be as an avoidance strategy for thinking about other things. It can be because a child is incredibly longed for and we want to do our very best for them now they're here. There can be so many different reasons why it becomes this all-consuming role. It might simply be that there is no one else to support us and so we are doing the best we can to keep all the balls in the air. And if that is the case, then our time to prioritise ourselves becomes even less. Now, for many mothers, we may have been raised to be helpful, to be the caring one who doesn't ask for help who makes sacrifices to make sure that everyone else is okay. And that can be a narrative that's really hard to shift. And for fathers, many were raised to be stoic in the face of challenge, to not show emotion, or again, ask for help. And again, this can be a narrative that is hard to challenge. Now, if you're the parent who does most of the caring for your child, irrespective of gender, it is easy to get so immersed in that role that we kind of forget there was ever another role or that we ever had time to ourselves. And if you're the parent who has sole responsibility for earning income, for example, in the very early months, again, irrespective of gender, this can cause immense pressure and worry, particularly if you're also worried about wanting to do more to help your partner or your child in daily life, but perhaps feel like you can't be there enough. If you're a solo parent, you may have very little support and that can make it even harder to create space for yourself. 
You may be a two-parent family, but without much other support around you in terms of family or friends, and that can feel quite isolating. And it, it can mean that, again, it's very difficult to find that time to prioritise ourselves and our needs. And of course, if we have a high-needs child, this can make all of the above even more challenging to manage. Now, I'm not going to be able for a second to provide all of the answers to all of these any more than anyone can. Some of them really don't have quick and easy solutions. And like many of you, I am trying to work with what I have. And sometimes that doesn't feel like it's enough. At other times, I feel like I'm smashing life. It really can vary on a lot of different factors. But I guess this is really where self-care and self-compassion both come into play for me. And start to lay the foundations for feeling more regulated. Now, I'm aware that the idea of self-care is often a contentious one. I see, as I'm sure many of you do, the social media posts stating that taking a bath or a shower isn't self-care, it's just a basic human right. And I suppose my take on this is that while getting clean in itself may not feel like the height of luxurious self-care, the manner in which we get to do it absolutely can. Um, Before I became a mother... I would bath twice a day without exception, which is huge privilege. And I'm very aware of that in terms of sort of the world as a whole, if you like, particularly. Um, I have endometriosis, adenomyosis, I'm hypermobile, I have arthritis and I feel the cold. So for me, baths have been my physical and emotional comfort for, to be honest, as long as I can remember. And when my daughter was born, I just about stayed clean like most parents, but my twice daily lengthy bubble baths, particularly if they were occasionally surrounded by candles with a glass of wine in my hand, they became a thing of the past for a very long time. And they still are. My daughter is now over two and I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've had that kind of bath. So for me, a bath is 100% an example of self-care. And when I did start to prioritise that need again, it felt incredible, even if it's a lot less frequent than it used to be. It is something that I am slowly starting to bring back into life. Now, I spend the majority of my working life encouraging both professionals and parents to be compassionate towards children. And I would like to encourage you and myself to do the same for ourselves. I believe that showing ourselves compassion can be one of the most life-transforming things we can do, but I also know it's far from easy at times. Many of us weren't raised with compassionate responses when we were struggling, and so we really didn't learn a model for how to be compassionate to ourselves, and perhaps that means we don't always believe we're worthy of that compassion. Maybe we can feel that it's self-indulgent or selfish or just straightforwardly plain unnecessary to show compassion to ourselves, that we shouldn't need it. Kristen Neff points out that self-compassion is vital. It's linked to lower levels of burnout, anxiety, depression. It's also linked to higher levels of resilience. Now, if you haven't read Neff's work or listened to her, I highly recommend it. She writes in a way that is very accessible I think and thought-provoking and really it's not just a breath of fresh air it's like you've opened the window in the midst of a tropical storm (laughs) it's like it's seriously you know yeah it hits you it hit me when I started looking at self-compassion and she noticed that there are three kind of key aspects to self-compassion being able to show ourselves kindness 
is one. Feeling connected to other people is another. And finally, being mindful and present to our whole personality, including our flaws. And that last one is so important, I think, because that's where the self-compassion really kicks in, when we can be compassionate to ourselves, including in our moments of error and misjudgment, because they're the moments we need it the most. So I thought I would just share a few tips on how we can start to maybe explore this idea of self-compassion and I'm I'm doing this journey with you so I'm um I'm not sitting here as the expert and authority on this I'm I'm on the journey too um but here are some ideas so we can validate to ourselves when things are tough you know how I'm always encouraging people to validate their children's feelings exactly the same it's okay that I'm struggling with this it's okay that I'm feeling angry it's okay that I'm feeling isolated right now Whatever it is we're feeling to validate that it's okay that we're feeling that. Another tip is that we can think about the advice or compassion that we would show to other people and try to apply that to our own situation. Sometimes that can be tricky if it's hard to sort of get out of our own heads and decenter, but it's it's pretty good advice that's worth trying. Another important part of this is to really be honest with ourselves about what we're finding hard and about the mistakes that we're making. When we kind of try to artificially inflate our self-esteem, we almost pretend that we're flawless or that our errors don't matter. And actually self-compassion isn't either of those. It's about acknowledging when we get things wrong, but doing it without judgment and doing it with kindness. One of the ideas I particularly love is the idea of talking to ourselves and replacing that in a critic that so many of us can identify with and relate to with an inner soother, reminding ourselves that there's not just one way of talking to ourselves. We don't just have to criticise ourselves all the time. We can actually use our self-talk. We can actually use our words and feelings towards ourselves to soothe, not just to criticise. For me, that's quite mind-blowing. <laughs> that's like, oh, yes, okay, I can reframe this, just like I reframe this for other people. When I'm basically having a go at myself for not being good enough at something or getting something wrong, maybe I could turn that on its head and think about soothing myself instead. And... A final piece of advice is that we get comfortable with the idea of mindfulness because it has this potential to really reduce the amount of distress that we experience. Um, And I think one of the major key things to mindfulness is knowing that emotions come and go, that we're not going to be in this place forever. We will get through this difficult emotion or this difficult moment in time. So as I said a moment ago, for me, this is a work in progress. It's not something that even in my 40s, I feel I have got there with. Um, I've got some of the way with, and it varies according to the week, the month, the year. Um, But I'm making a start, and I would really love to know if anything in this has resonated with you. So do look me up on social media. If you're not already following me, head over to Instagram and find me at wearekokoro. I'd love to hear from you how your own journey is going, and... If you have any ideas you'd like to share that I can include on the podcast, I would love to hear them from from real people who are out there doing this every day. So please feel free to get in touch. And I'm sending everyone much love until next week when I will be back with more. This has been Sarah Emerson on the Childhood Understood podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. 
Stay tuned for more episodes that will help make childhood understood. And don't forget to hit subscribe to make sure you stay in the loop. See you next week.